Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free you found prime time action with gil alexander and matt brown on vsin the sports betting network Oh, Friday night at the South Point, not a parking spot in sight. Skill Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, it's primetime action. Glad you could join us tonight. We will talk college football with Pete Futek. We will talk UFC with Jordan Sherwood at every single football game in the NFL injury report all night long. But first, Mateo, some basketball. We do have some basketball. Nothing else to talk about, though. We don't no, have anything else to no, talk about. Tonight. I can't no, think no, of anything. No, nothing else is going on. Uh, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 o'clock Pacific. We've got the Nets and the Pistons. The Nets are 9.5-point road favorites, 210 your total. In that one, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific Spurs and the Magic Spurs. 3.5 to 4-point favorites on the road Magic. And the Spurs sitting at 214 right now. There is 213 out there as well. So a full point difference if you're playing the total there. 7 Eastern, 4, point, uh, four Pacific Grizzlies and the Wizards. Wizards are two to two and a half point home favorites. 221, 221 and a half. Your total there. Knicks and the Bucks go down 730 Eastern, 430 Pacific. The Bucks are three and a half to four point. There's a five out there, in, actually. So there's a whole point and a half difference there. So three and a half to five point home favorites over the Knicks. 217, 217 and a half. Your total, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, Cavs and the Raptors. Raptors, six-point home favorites, 2.04 and a half the total in that one. 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, Clippers, Timberwolves. Clippers are two-and-a-half-point road favorites. 2.17 is your total there. Three late games tonight, 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, Pelicans and Warriors. Warriors, eight-and-a-half to nine-point home favorites, 2.14 and a half, 2.15 the total 
They're 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific, Pacers and Blazers. Blazers are five-point home favorites, 223, 223 and a half. The total in that one. And finally, the Hornets and the Kings go down 10 Eastern, 7 Pacific. Two two-and-a-half-point favorites are the Kings at home, a 231-and-a-half to 232 total in the Hornets and Kings. Does anybody find it concerning? That, and I know they didn't have LeBron James last night. But does anybody find it concerning that the Lakers get housed by Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City in, the, in the fourth quarter last night? You don't want to bring this game up, Gil. Why? why? Oh, I was watch- Did you watch it? Were you watching no, it last no. night? No, uh-uh. Oh, my gosh. I that, was watching the football game. That ending game. was one of, the, one of the most incredible things I'd ever seen. Where It was just Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Thunder up three, taking the ball down court with, like, I don't know, 20 seconds left, where you're like, okay, run some time, like, get a good shot, and you can possibly end the game right here. Dribbles the ball up, and then from the logo, just launches, and you're like, what are you doing? And then it goes in. And you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, wow. you just sealed the game with the worst shot selection yeah. ever. I think when that football game ended, my head head fell immediately on that final Gun, if you will, the old school gun thing. <laughs> couple I of missed bad all that. possessions for Westbrook to end that game out oh, as well. Yeah, couple of couple of bad possessions for him as well. But uh, something we're used to. We're going to go through every football game uh, today and go through all the injury reports. And if ever a week needed to go through all injury reports, this was it. Given all the uh, quarterback questionable situations, but uh, today the Browns formally ending their relationship with Odell Beckham Jr. And to that, you say. Doesn't matter. I mean, you know, it's kind of one of those things where if uh, if they felt like that this was never going to repair itself, I mean, they obviously looked for trade partners, couldn't figure out anything to get done there from a financial standpoint. And, you know, I think this is one of those deals where it was a bad fit from the get-go, right? I mean, this is a run-first team with Chubb and Hunt, and they are not a pass. And Baker's not a downfield passer, really, as it is anyway. So it never was the greatest fit in the first place. And then apparently, you know, all the stuff that goes on with the these guys on the sidelines and thinking that they deserve more or whatever, you know, whatever it is with, with Odell these days. And all I mean, listen, someone's going to take a chance on him. Someone's going to pull the trigger. Someone's going to see if he's got anything left in the tank. I mean, this isn't like a Josh Gordon situation where Josh Gordon had one good year and everyone still talks about where's Josh Gordon going to end up. Like, this guy's got five different thousand-plus yard seasons in the NFL. It's not like, you know, I mean, he's he has a track record of being a good player in the in the NFL. So someone's going to, to pull the trigger on him. It's just, you know, $7.5 million still owed to him over the rest of this season. So... You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to suck it up. Yeah. The uh, so Schefter about an hour ago had had kind of the final details on this thing. So uh, quote after days of negotiations, Browns and Odell Beckham Jr. finally reached a settlement that will result in him being placed on waivers on Monday. After which he can be claimed Tuesday at 4 p.m. per league services as part of the settlement of the reworked contract before it's terminated. The Browns agreed to remove the final two years of Odell Beckham Jr.'s deal meaning he's now scheduled to be a free agent after this season. Be- uh, Beckham, two years uh, two years left on his deal. Uh, another t- a tweet from him, while teams always have ways to create salary cap space, as of this morning, nine NFL teams had over $7.25 million in cap space, the amount now needed to claim Odell Beckham. Uh, that would be the Jaguars, Eagles, Broncos, Seahawks, Panthers, Chargers, Steelers, Washington, and Bengals. 
Those are the teams, say that again, those are the teams that what? Teams that have the cap space available to claim him off of waivers next week. So now that he's a free agent after the end of the season, you're basically, you'd basically be renting him for the rest of this year before he hits free agency. Yeah. Is there a team besides the Patriots with the uh, with Bill Belichick at the helm where if he was in any long-term situation wouldn't devolve into the same sort of thing no matter where he goes? So Belichick seems to me to be the only guy that would be able to sort of rein him in like they've had other players that had problems elsewhere get reined in in New England. But he goes anywhere else, you just think it's a matter of time. But if it's a rental, it's a rental. Maybe you can get away with half a season. You can help somebody yeah, make I mean, a playoffs this, or something. This, this – this really, I, I do kind of like this a little bit because this does, I think, take, take a little bit of the power out of his hands because what they've done now is make he's far more claimable now. Right? Yeah. What one of these teams can grab yeah, him? Like he's far more claimable off of waivers now. Like he was for sure with the contract the way that it was was going to clear waivers and then he'd just get his pick of wherever he wanted to go. Right. Which could still happen. Which still but. could happen, but he's much more claimable now that those last two years got voided on the contract because the thing was is no one was going to pick up the seven and a half million this year and the two years left at fifteen million, but. Now that those two years are gone, I like I like that they did this. This is an interesting little rework here because now he's not – I imagine someone claims him. I bet you he's not going to get the pick of the litter. I think so too, but just looking at these teams, Matt, like the one that jumps out to me the most is like the Bengals. Like wouldn't – you know, you, you think of teams that like want to – if you're going to pay that that kind of price for to rent a guy for half a season – you're thinking you're going to try to make a run at something, right? Like, the Bengals are in your own division. You don't really need him, though. I, I was going to say, that's got the one three, position they got. Yeah, I mean, they're they're three deep, so, like, they don't really need him. Um, and four deep, if you consider Auden Tate kind of like a decent fourth option, right, for for that team. Yeah, I mean, it, look, the obvious, the, the obvious ones are the ones that don't have – I don't think you listed it on the – as far as having the money. But, I mean, like, the obvious ones, Raiders, Saints – like these teams that have massive wide receiver voids all of a sudden. I mean, those are t- – and, and teams that are with winning records that have aspirations of making the playoffs and maybe even a, a, d- a deep run in the playoffs. So, I mean, those two teams obviously jump off the page as the as the teams that could use him the most. But, again, yeah, we'll, I would love the Lions to figure out a way. Everybody keeps saying They're Lions. first on the waiver. I'd love them to figure out a way and just go, <laughs> yeah, we'll take him. I mean, like, the Jags are on this list of at least having the money open right now. Like, what if, what if the well, there's Jags a, There's grab? a lot of teams on the list, Washington, that could use him, right? right? But it's, like, it's not going to put him over but, the top. Yeah, what's the point? Yeah. yeah. So, of the teams that have, have space, which is the one that's most likely? Read them off one by one again. Jags, mm. Eagles, mm. Broncos, mm. Seahawks, Panthers, Chargers, Steelers, Washington, Bengals. Panthers, Steelers. One of those two could use Panthers, Steelers, Chargers, anything, any one of those three, I think, are are at least in the because they're still in the mix, right? Like those are teams that are all still in the mix. Yeah, that yeah. See, like that's you don't think Bengals anyway? Like you think all three wide receivers are better than what Odell Beckham Jr. is right now? Well, they got a good thing going. I don't think you kind of like mess. You don't want to mess it, up right? the I mean, like you've got your your and, and plus, like it's one of those deals too where your alpha is this rookie. And you, what you don't want is Odell coming in and then like... Yeah, I don't disagree with and that. And then on top of that, it's like... Getting into There's already the somehow. idol worship thing going on because Jamar went to LSU, Odell went to LSU, you know what I mean? So like it's just all kinds of 
stuff there. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mess with that chemistry. Let me uh, let me uh, spend the last two minutes on on Rogers for a second on Aaron Rodgers because that's the other thing that blew up today. Of course, not not blew up today, but continues to just fester today. Let's put it that way. As uh, he uh, he keeps talking and isn't really again whatever your opinion is off the field. Certainly by talking, he's he's not doing himself any favors. It doesn't seem like. And so the question sort of becomes, do you think, if you're, again, these are for people who are holding Green Bay futures tickets of any kind, do you think that he should, you know, if you are holding a ticket, do you want him to just stop talking at this point because he might be exacerbating uh, anyone who's on the bubble in the NFL office? Well, I mean, at this point, I mean, at this point, one of two things happen. I mean, he either has to get suspended or the or the Packers have to get fined, like severely fined, because he admitted in that interview that everyone in the everyone on the team, everyone in the front office knew every everything. Like don't, don't you that think this was be well a, known before the season even started. Won't it be a fine rather than a suspension? Probably. I would think so. I would think for both Rogers and the team. Right? Couldn't they both get fined? I would think they both get fined heavily. Yeah. I mean, they should make an example of him, and they should suspend him a couple of games, but they won't do it because he's Aaron Rodgers. But the team, at the very least, the team is going to get fined for sure. Well, if they don't, I mean, if the league doesn't do any either of those two things, then let the backlash begin. Then what? What's the yeah. point? Then what's everyone the point should just be walking around and doing whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just let them do. Let them all do whatever. And they we're just do. commenting on the rules that have been put in place. This, Nothing else. Listen, your personal choice. You do whatever you know. You, you do whatever the hell you want to do, but. You are playing in a league that has set forth these rules, and you can't. What you can't do is when you choose to go a certain direction, and then you get caught doing the thing that you know the other way, and you go, "Oh, that's the protocols." And this. you can't do that. You knew you knew going in exactly what was going on. No, you knew exactly what was going on. If we're going to talk about Kyrie. We're going to talk about Kyrie in one league. We're going to talk about yeah. him in the other. Um, all right, we'll come back. We'll do it game by game, week nine in the National Football League. Injury report by injury report. Settle on in. It's Vicent's primetime action. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action Friday night from the South Point, Gil, Matt, and Kelly. Let's do this. Start with uh, week nine of the National Football League. Well, of course, week nine started last night with the Colts drubbing of the uh, New York Jets. By the way, that would have been one of the most epic backdoor covers in the history of the National Football League, had that happened last night, the Jets were seven yards away from coming back from a 42 to 10 deficit or to make it a 45 36 game at the uh, at the least bit. They would probably would have kicked an extra point, if not the two point conversion, probably the extra point after that. But either way, a touchdown would have gotten him in cover range pending an onside kick. It was also fairly brutal, too, from a from my prop standpoint. That being said, I did win a prop by a half a yard. In less than oh, that, so. I thought, didn't you win two by a total of one and a half yards? I won, I won the, the Michael Carter receiving by half yard. I thought Fun. there was another one you won Good by times. one yard. Um, Maybe not. No, the, the Naeem Hines was was way. Yeah, there was another. I thought, I was, thought oh, went, there might have been another. But uh, you went the, the biggest one was yeah. like that the, the, I think that the Mike White passing, if we kind of see, I mean, he already had 95, mm-hmm. and then we see what Josh Johnson did. Like, I think that would have cruised over the 253 as well. So that's a little, it's a little bit of a bummer, but I can't complain. Good night. It was a good, it was a good night overall, but a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, I was grading the plays late last night. I'm just, I'm, I was doing my, my Matt Brown sh- shake my head where I'm like, this is, it's like you went three and two on props, one got over by a half, one got over by a one yard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we continue with Sunday morning, week number nine of the National Football League. In Cincinnati, the Browns at the Bengals. Bengals favored by two and a half. 
Right now, this is a pretty decent little injury report for on the Bengals side of things. They only have two guys questionable. That's a defensive end, Cameron Sam, uh, Sam, Sample. And then uh, he's more of a rotation guy than the wide receiver, Auden Tate, who we just mentioned, who is the, the number four guy there. Anyway, on the Brown side of things, offensive tackle Jack Conklin is already out for them. Questionable is defensive end Jadavian Clowney, corner Denzel Ward, defensive end Tack McKinley, wide receiver Donovan Peoples-Jones, and tight end Harrison Bryant. So a lot of guys questionable there for them. As we sit right now, this thing is still sitting at 2.5 in favor of Cincinnati with a total of 47. When we take a look at what we see that these teams do well, Cincinnati's defense up until last week had really been had really been good against all facets of the game. And who knows? I mean, after we saw what the Jets did last night, too, I mean, maybe the Jets' offense has just figured something out. I, I don't I don't know. You know, I mean. Josh Johnson, 300-plus yards against not really a prevent either. Most yeah. of that. So, I mean, yeah, for the majority of that game, yeah. it was it was like the, the the Colts couldn't just completely sit back and let them do whatever they wanted to. So, yeah, I mean, it was maybe they figure something out here. So maybe we give the the defense for Cincinnati at least a little bit of a of a break. I don't know. I mean, like this is something we'll we'll certainly see over the next couple of weeks here. But when you look as they sit right now, thirteenth overall DVOA, twelfth overall according to Pro Football Focus, really good against the run which is actually obviously something that would be really, really good in this matchup against the Browns because we know what the Browns want to do, and that's pound the ball with Chubb and, well, Dearness Johnson in this case as far as uh, with, 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 with Kareem Hunt being, uh, being out right now. They're 10th overall DVOA in the, in the NFL the court, in the, uh, against the run, and then the pro football focus has them sitting there at 8th. They're uh, yards per rush, 5th. And then if you kind of look at this, they're really good on early downs so far, you know, at least over the course of the season. I mean, they're fourth in the league in early down success rate and fifth in the league in early down EPA, and they're sixth overall in points per play allowed. So this defense, while there were bad last week against Mike White in the Jets, I don't think that maybe they're really bad. I think they're probably somewhere between between kind of league average and good. They're probably in that middle-ish, you know, 10, 12-ish tier or something like that as to where they are, but you look at what this Cleveland team is, is going to do now. I mean, so all the distractions with the Odell stuff going on, Donovan Peoples-Jones is, is questionable as well. Apparently it's severely limited in practice all week long. They're going to want to, they got a quarterback playing with a broken shoulder. So you think it's going to be a run heavy approach, which is kind of playing into at least the, the stronger part of the Cincinnati defense so far, which has been their run, their run defense. And then if you look on the offensive side, I mean, there, there's really no denying. I mean, like even last weekend defeat. I mean, they scored 31 points. It was just the defense just gave up. Defense just gave up too many. I mean, they're they're moving the ball on a consistent basis. There was an unfortunate tipped pick on one of Burrow's passes. It got batted up in the air, and lineman picked it on him, which really was kind of a turning point in the game as well. But outside of that, I mean, this has been a really, really efficient offense so far, and you know, no surprise as you would imagine. But one of the things that that has been their you know one of their big keys to victory so far has just been these explosive plays, especially in the pass game, because Jamar Chase is taking these passes and like going to the house with, with these passes like left and right. I mean, the average is incredible yak after all these catches and stuff. And so if that is something that the Browns might be able to limit, then that could be, you know, that that could be working in their favor. But look, that secondary is all beat up. It's been beat up all year long. It continues to be beat up. They're not going to. They're likely to be without Denzel Ward. He's. I think he's on the bad side of questionable. Last time 
I kind of read with these beat writers and stuff. And so we just talked about it. So three-headed monster from an attack here in the passing game. And I don't think they'll try to run it all that much. I think they'll go to the air early and often and try to put as many points on the board as humanly possible and get the Browns out of their out of their rhythm and what the Browns want to do, which is just control the game on the ground, manage the clock, burn the clock, and, and win the time of possession battle here. And so I, I think that I told y'all guys, I, I mean, I took I took the, the Bengals under three, and I'm fine with it. I mean, I, I think that this is a, a pretty good bounce-back spot here for a team that, uh, that looked, you know, again, looked bad on defense but looked pretty good on offense last week. And, and I don't think this Browns defense in its current state, in its current iteration, is going to be able to slow down what they, they're able to bring to the table on the offensive side. So, you know, give me under a field goal here. I'll take Cincinnati, and this will be the week that, I, that, that maybe they can prove me wrong. Maybe they are. Maybe they are. They are an average team that some of the people out there want to say that they are. We will uh, have our circa million entry debate. Not even a debate. Discussion, perhaps later. Could oh, turn Kelly, it to a debate. Go ahead and spill the beans. Do, does, do we mean, match does, on any do we, three? Do, does, is it going to be a debate, or, or is it is it going to be? I thought this would be a chaotic week. We're kind of boring. I, I actually uh, don't think we've agreed more. Oh, my goodness. I, yeah, oh, I don't no. think we've had more agreements <laughs> than no. this week. Really? Yeah. Really? I, I When I submitted it, I'm like, Kelly's going to laugh when he sees me. I think we have three unanimous. Wow. I think. I could be. I could, but could be two. We are sharing. I think Matt and I were, I think Matt and I were the same on four of our five picks. Like, it was. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I was shocked. I, I was pretty oh, shocked when I saw it. You're the same wow. human. And to follow up, you just said it, Matt. So, Bengals, you, you bet on this week? Like, that. Like that's what I think it's going to be a contest pick for me. I don't know that I can get there on the betting side me of it. Either. But it's – it's. I would definitely lean that way. I think it's going to be a contest pick for me, and it's definitely a lean the Bengals. I mean, it's they, – they put up 10 points on the Steelers last week. The they only you know even if they're able to to double that that's not going to be enough to like Cincinnati's going to score more than twenty mm. points in this game it's just not going to be it's not going to be enough yeah for those listening also for the first time you're like wait why does he say good side of questionable bad side of questionable you may remember five years ago it's been five years now has it been five years where the NFL got rid of the probable designation it's been that long and uh, the reason because ninety five percent they did a study on on the on all that were. You know, designated as probable, 95% of those guys ended up playing. Right. So they just scrapped it. So now you just kind of have to guess. guess Which, there's a couple of injury reports a little bit later we'll talk about that uh, yeah. teams are, are making us guess. How about the Broncos right. and the Cowboys? Let's squeeze one more in here. Sure. Big double-digit favorite, Cowboys by 10. And Dak says, quote, safe to say I'm playing. Broncos, uh, offensive tackle Garrett Bowles is out for them. Questionable. Offensive guard Graham Glass now. Defensive Tackle Mike Purcell, linebacker Malik Reed, tight end Noah Fant was not activated off of the COVID list this week. So he is going to be out as well. On the Cowboys side, as as Gil just mentioned, Dak is 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 gonna play. He wasn't even listed on the injury report. Uh offensive tackle Tyron Smith is out. Tight end Blake Jarwin is out. This is the interesting thing here. Wide receivers Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb both listed as questionable Ooh. in this one. And they have yet to activate, though it is expected that they will tomorrow, they have yet to activate Michael Gallup either. So, very interesting kind of injury wow. deal going on with the Cowboys. Where did Amari Cooper come from? Right now. That that popped up on, on Thursday. So, uh, both expected to play, but... We know how these wide receiver injuries go. We know how these guys that end up late on the injury report go. 
and that's a little bit scary. I think it'll be very telling if they do activate Gallup tomorrow that maybe one, maybe they're not maybe one of these two guys is uh, is not completely uh, good to go and healthy in this one. This one, there's no question. I mean, Dallas is a far better team. Dallas is going to win the game. The question just comes: Do you believe that there's a back door open here for Denver to come in and, and sneak in the back door as a ten point? underdog in this thing I would only play the Dallas side because I think that if if all those guys go and if everybody's healthy and if everything runs like they want it to this thing could get completely out of hand Broncos seem like they've kind of punted on the season here getting rid of Von Miller and, and whatnot but with the uncertainty right now it's just it's unplayable for me this is literally like a 90 minutes before kickoff type decision for me always interesting when we come in here on Friday here all the names that are on there some popping up late in the week lamb cooper and perhaps uh, a reactivation of gallup tomorrow we'll see coming back two barn burners texas dolphins texans dolphins that is falcon saints next primetime action you are looking live at primetime action with gil alexander and matt brown on vsin the sports betting network prior to making your next bet be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over under and against the spread bets. Betting splits yet another way. Just keep listing them. That VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Strip protest, get out of the way. We're coming to eat. (laughs) Just sending a warning, sending a message. All right, let's continue with uh, week number nine. And the National Football League. Uh, yeah, it's not sexy, but Terod Taylor's back for the Texans. I interest you in some of that, Texans and Dolphins. And this spread didn't move nearly as much as I thought it would. It, it, it did not. Um, as we sit right now, this thing is back up to five and a half. It fell to four and a half, and it's back up to five and a half. People back on the Dolphins this week. I think on the news that Tua is, while he's listed as questionable, is going to go ahead and go. He banged his... Finger on a helmet this past week and apparently was was a little bit swollen, was kind of bothering him, but uh, he is going to be able to go. Linebacker Jerome Baker listed as questionable for them. They did have to put Devontae Parker on IR, um, but they've got they've got receivers. No, no big deal there. Uh, on the Texans side of things, linebackers Christian Kirksey and Hardy Nickerson are both out. Tight end Farrow Brown is out as well. I also, uh, listen, you know, I took a teaser leg on this Dolphins team I when I thought that it was not in the best interest of the Texans to play Terod Taylor this week. Um, so I have a ticket with them. Uh, it's uh, paired up with the Rams. I'm not jumping up and down about it by any stretch of the imagination, but look, look, as bad as this team has been this year, Person for person, player personnel for personnel, everything about it. like they're they're a better team. I mean, literally top to bottom. I mean, this secondary with Byron Jones, Zayvon Howard. I mean, there should be very little. There should be very little success to the air for this Texas team. I mean, they only have one receiver who is. I mean, above replacement. <laughs> I mean, NF- that's so NFL I'm not trying to be, you know, yeah. I'm not trying to be, but it's just the truth. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they've not constructed this team very well, and they're obviously, you know, building for the future here. So, I mean, you've got Brandon Cooks, but it's going to be, you run on one side, it's against Byron Jones. You run on the other side, you're up against Zayvon Howard. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be tough sledding any way you look at it. And then 
And then there's nothing, there's just nothing outside of that for this Texans team. There's just no talent on either, uh, literally either side of the ball for this team. And so you start to look and, I mean, Tua, up until, up until, you know, last week, I mean, like Tua in his return had been graded inside the top 10 in both of his performances since he got back from, from being injured. And listen, he's not a splash play type guy really right now. You got to remember the guy that they signed to be their splash play guy in Will Fuller isn't out on the field. I mean, that's the reason they signed him was to be able to, to, to be the downfield guy. And then you have Waddle who's able to work underneath. And so there was, there were plans for this team that just didn't, didn't, didn't work out, but he's still been super, super efficient in, in these in, since return from injury here. And so if you look, there is a really good path to victory for this Dolphins team through the air against, and, and even on the ground, really, if they want to go that route, but definitely through the air against this Texans secondary. And, and so I imagine Tua, I'm going to see whatever his player prop gets listed at as well. Like, I mean, if if I can find some pretty low low numbers on him, it might even be something that I would consider there. I mean, I, I honestly think that they're going to be able to go out and, and do pretty well against this. There's no pass rush again coming from the Texans either. There's no pressure coming from the Texans as well. So he shouldn't be running for his life or anything like that. I mean, these are they're literally and they don't blitz at all. They're 31st in the league in blitz rate. So I mean, they're, they're only one team blitzes less than the Texans do. So there's just all kinds of of pass to victory here. I think for this Dolphins, it's a bad Dolphins team. Don't get me wrong, it's a bad Dolphins team, but. Uh, I think that this is a, a game thing. Go out and win. I did take the Texans plus six and a half. As soon as I heard the Terod Taylor news, I ran to bet six and a half. I thought I could get a seven, but I got a six and a half, and then it was quickly pulled after that. So I'm only getting literally one point of value at this point. That is all. But I love to, I love Terod Taylor. Mm-hmm. Love him. Think he is far better than the market indicates. My brother also loves Terod Taylor. Who he uh, last time my brother came to visit out here sat next to Terod Taylor on the flight out here the whole time oh, and they sat and oh. had a nice little conversation about everything and and did good their, guy too yeah yes, you know, i always uh, liked him too Gil. To, to, to to get here you, yeah. from baton rouge you got to connect in houston right and so and he was flying houston to here and they ended up on next to each other and had a nice little conversation That's he nice said to that, hear. yeah the whole i time. like him on a football field me too yeah yeah but I, apparently uh, as a human being also yeah a, a you know nice who i like as a human being because i too had like a, a situation jim caldwell remember the former coach yeah, of the yeah, colts yeah, yeah. ended up uh, at, at uh, sloan mit sloan sports guy analytics conference like sitting with him for like conference like panels on end nicest guy in the world he's like who's this guy like oh, stalking no, no. me right no, now? no not at all like he was like <laughs> he like felt comforted in my per- i don't know what it was he's like needed a friend i think at this thing um <laughs> two anyway. listed at 240 and a half for his passing prop at points bet yeah, I think, does not have a I think that's fairly interesting. I mean, certainly something I'll dig into a little bit more over the next couple of days. Falcons at the Saints. Uh, we know that it's going to be Trevor Simeon under center, at least to start for the New Orleans Saints. It is going to be Trevor Simeon. And, and look, this is – I don't think that there's a ton of – you know, you guys know my, my feelings on Taysom Hill, but I don't think there was really a ton of debate on this either. I mean – if there was even the slightest, if there was even the slightest chance that that Taysom Hill was going to be a quarterback in the NFL, he'd have beaten Jameis Winston out coming into the season. I think that Sean Payton has finally realized, okay, me trying to square peg round hole this thing is just not gonna work out. <laughs> like it's like I can jam it in there as many times as I want. It's just not gonna go in there. It's not happening. And so finally they understand he's better as a gadget player. He really is. Like he's way better as a gadget player. You put him in. 
You don't know whether you're going to run it. Is he going to pass it? Is what, like, that's, that's way better than him having to come in and, and do that every single, every single down. On the Falcon side of things, of course, we talked about this earlier in the week. Uh, Calvin Ridley did get moved actually to, to IR today as well. He's dealing with personal issues that he's going to uh, have to miss at least the next three games. For them, defensive tackle Jonathan Bullard is also out for the Falcons this one. On the Saints side, of course, James Winston. Defensive end Carl Granderson is out. Wide receiver running back, kind of hybrid guy Ty Montgomery is out for them as well. Questionable uh, Malcolm Jenkins is questionable for the Saints. And then defensive end Peyton Turner is questionable for the Saints as well. The question, Gil, and we talked about this a little bit when this decision was made that they were going to, that we figured that they were going to go with Trevor Simeon. Jameis Winston, shockingly enough, but whether it was having to sit out a year and getting humbled, maybe it was just the tutelage of Sean Payton, maybe it was just him maturing as, a, as an NFL player or something like that. But he was not turning the ball over this year. He was not making the – and not only was he not turning the ball over, he just wasn't even making those turnover-worthy plays, right, the, the things where we're going – there were a couple. Now, we, we pointed out a couple, but by and large, we weren't sitting here going every single week going – what was Jameis doing? You know, yeah. like we weren't doing that. And, and he was, I can he, remember more once he got stupid lucky on this yeah. year doing it. Than, yeah. yeah. And and so we were, you know, most most of the time he kind of kept it close to the vest. And and maybe that had a lot to do with the play calling. Maybe they didn't want too much out of Jameis Winston. But, you know, one of the things that we were well, – last time we saw the Saints, we were sitting here saying it was basically a one-dimensional offense of throwing the ball to Alvin Kamara yeah. over and over and over be- and over and I over believe, again. The, I believe I said, why don't you just throw it to Kamara every and, time? And the thing is, yeah. is he's so awesome with the ball in yeah. space that it worked. Yeah. And so you look at this defense that Atlanta is going to be fielding, and you start to wonder, even if they know that this is how the Saints want to go about this, is there anything they can do about it? Like, is what is there anything that they can honestly do about this? Because you start to look, and, like, they're way – I mean, they are horrible, horrible, horrible by every single metric when it comes to the defensive side of the ball. They don't have the linebackers that could ever, ever keep up and cover uh, Alvin Kamara. And so – you look at this spread, and you're sitting here saying like six, and and I understand the back door is always open with a with a Falcons team. I mean, it still does have Cal Pitts, it still has Matt Ryan, who did this year actually start to regress. Even though last year we were kind of saying his burial was a little bit premature, but he 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 has come back down to earth this year a ton. But again, same thing as we were talking about, kind of like last game. They're 29th in the league in pressure rate, so like Trevor Trevor Simeon shouldn't be under duress like very very much. They don't blitz very often. They don't win on, when they're pass rushing. They don't win at any really at any level. And so you just kind of start to sit here and say, what is the what is the path to victory for the Falcons in this game? And I think it would just have to be Trevor Simeon coming out and just the, the absolute disaster, right? I mean, like the whatever the lights are too bright for him, which is not an impossibility. Which is not, no. but he has. At least he has a ton. He does have a ton of starting experience, right, in the NFL. So he at least does have that going on here. But there's no, there's no like thing where you look and say, like, oh, well, he's going to be under pressure a ton. He could that could be the the key to victory. Well, no, that's not going to happen either. Well, they do have the linebackers. They do have the personnel that could cover a guy like Alvin Kamara. Well, that's not the the case here either with all that. So, and the defense has been playing lights out. I mean, the defense has been playing so incredibly good. For this team, I'm not running to the window to lay the six. If you wanted to, if someone said, "Hey, I had the Saints down to a pick'em in a teaser or something like that," I wouldn't. I wouldn't tell you that that was a bad play. Do you trust the Dolphins and the Saints in, in a survivor pool? I, 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 
I think I'd play the Dolphins if it came down to it. That did not sound confident at all. Think? I don't trust either. Yeah. That's what I'll say. We'll come back. Raiders, Giants, Patriots, Panthers. Week 9, National Football League. Beeson's primetime action. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Fight for yours with the Yellowstone Football Prediction Challenge. Join the free-to-play prediction pool and compete for $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Yellowstone to get in on the action. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Bidlin continuing 
week with week number well, nine in the NFL. I would say continuing. Can. I mean, I don't know if we can. There's there's some, there's bull riding on. So the whole time Matt's talking, I don't know if you see a two shot. I'm looking up at this TV screen the whole time because I am now fascinated by everything related to PBR. And now and now you two are looking to make make bets we're making, on this. Yeah, we're making bull riding bets tonight. So so the guy we discovered, the guy who we unearthed, Matt talked about yeah. earlier in the week, who has a 67 percent. Ride rate gets through the eight seconds, sixty-seven percent of the time. He's not even the favorite. He's not the favorite. He's the second short He's the shot. Second, second shot. Who's the yeah. favorite? The, uh, this Cooper Cooper uh, Cooper Davis. Cooper Davis is about to yeah. Who's about to go? He is six to one. Or <laughs> our just, boy is ten to one. Jose Vitor Lime. Matt couldn't remember Davis from ten seconds ago. I gotta figure yeah. out. Uh, I gotta figure out when round three begins, or if that's what's going on, right? Because that's what we can bet on. It's round three. Whoever to win round three. Well, certainly we can't bet it mid-thing because we already know who has bowled the best so far. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's still that one guy to finish up round two. I'm going to figure it out. You got- well, we'll go through the football. Yeah. You figure out all yeah, this. I'm going to figure all it all right. out. Just, worry, guys. All right. We need to know this stuff. So just, yes, please, let us know what's, what's going on here. <laughs> Raiders, the Giants, also in the early window on Sunday. Uh, the Giants, victim of, of many a false positive COVID test this week. Raiders favored by three and a half. So the Raiders injury report, as we enter week nine of the NFL, completely clean. Don't get Not hurt. a single player with any designation mm. at all, which is pretty interesting. You don't see that mm. very often. On the Giants side of things, out. Sterling Shepard, out. Linebacker Lorenzo Carter, out. Saquon Barkley, uh, doesn't have anything to do with his COVID. It has everything to do with that ankle. If you remember the ankle that ballooned up, to the size of a basketball in four seconds somehow. I don't even know what they did. They pulled his shoe off, and then the ankle swelled up to the size of a basketball. Questionable. Kenny Galladay. Of course he is. Wide receiver John Ross. So, Sterling Shepard out, Saquon Barkley out, and then questionable Kenny Galladay and John Ross. Yes, if you start to do the math there, they are very thin at wide receiver. Um, so, Gil, this is this is – this is one of the hardest games of the week for me. I think one of the hardest games of the week for, for a lot of people because so sitting three, three and a half right now. So you can get it at the flat three. You can get a hook if you want the Giants. 46 and a half, 47 is the total. We know what's going on with the Raiders this week. We have talked to a former NFLer, a former multi-year NFLer who told us that it's a far different situation than a coach getting fired or a coach resigning when one of your guys that's been in the locker room with you, that you've been through training camp, that blood, sweat, and tears and all that, and then you know not only did he do something horrible, did something happen horrible in the act, but also you also have that in the back of your mind like that, that, that even Bryant brought up when we were talking to him. He's, he was saying, like, you know, you also know that that guy's without a job and his career might be over. You know, and so it, there's a lot of motions and stuff and everything going on in that Raiders locker room. And then – on the Giants side of things, again, they're dealing with just a, a massive injuries here of guys that can actually score the football. I mean, you look this past week as to as to at least Kadarius Tony is is not listed on the final injury report, so you at least will have him out there. So there's at least that. But you, you look this past week, and Gil, I mean, I'm not going to say for sure, but you got to wonder if Sterling Shepard doesn't go down and if Kadarius Tony doesn't go down. Yeah, like do the Giants pull off? That game, or, or, they, had, they had nobody by the end. Yeah, <laughs> those guys, the guys that played, first of all, the guys that didn't play, and the guys that played were all hurt 
by the end of it. Yeah, it's like the Google like, squad because right. you have to Google who the ball's going to. Like right. it would, they'd be like, oh, this is going to Frederick, you know, Johnson. And you're like, well, who the hell is Frederick Johnson? And you're looking and you're like, oh, <laughs> Did okay. you just make that up? He did. Yeah, I just made that up. That's pretty good. I like it. Yeah, the Google I mean, but, Squad. But you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. it was just—it's like so. That's great. <laughs> you're 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 doing that, and like you can't figure out who who these people are. So it's it's very hard for me with this injury situation. I mean, listen, if Galladay and if Galladay goes, if if John Ross goes, you do start to say, if I can get three and a hook on the Giants at home, it feels like that would be the direction you want to go. But then you're sitting here saying, well, what if both of those guys get out there? Listen. Both of these guys, if you've ever, if you've tracked any fantasy football player knows this, John Ross and Kenny Galladay, the forever questionable says guilt. Like they could just, instead of the C for captain on their jersey, like they should just walk out with a Q on their jersey and it should just be, I'm questionable. Like that's just the way that it is. Like every. What does the Q stand for, man? Questionable. Uh, You know, questionable. You know, I'm questionable. John Ross says forever questionable. Kenny Galladay, forever questionable. And so it would not surprise me in the least bit. They go out there, they're not able to go. And so now you're looking at a wide receiver squad of of a rookie and then, you know, a bunch of, of, I mean, if you, Yes, Darius Slayton is he's not he, he's not horrible, but certainly not a you know one of the top level NFL receivers that there is out there. He doesn't he has a, what a very compliment. limited route tree. <laughs> what, is that? what is that? What a compliment. <laughs> I mean, it's a very limited route tree, right? I mean, yeah. like at, at the end of the day, it's a very limited route tree, and, and so you start to look at at how are they going to be able to score the ball, and then you look and you're like, well, then maybe I just want the flat three with the Raiders because that is that's also available, you know, and so. For me right now, it's really hard to play this one as well until I would know what was going on on an, on an injury standpoint. And it's like seems so lame for me to say that if those two guys play, then I'd lean for maybe a three and a hook. And if they don't play, then I'd want like a flat three on the Raiders. But call me lame. That's the way I play it. You know, I mean, like it's just it's if, if Daniel Jones has no one, if, if he has a full complement of weapons, then yeah, I think they can probably keep this thing within a field goal here. If they don't, then I think that it could, you know, the Raiders could probably get this thing and, and go ahead and win it by more than a field goal. So it, it's the I'm... Giants injury report game of the week, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's, I can't tell you right now if I'm going to play it because I might end up playing it Sunday if all those guys are out. Yeah. Otherwise, I want nothing to do with it. If I if I knew all those guys were playing, Gil, this would probably be the game of the week I want absolutely nothing to do with. This was the this was my choice yeah. on the Megapod for a game yeah. I want nothing had wanted nothing to do with. Although I, I don't hate the under. But as far as a side, I don't want any. Part and there of is it. all the nonsense again, yeah. like we're talking about, of just like the stuff that we we can't quantify, like, like how right. how how much is a locker room affected? Like, I mean, you know, again, I, I know we look like it, but we've never played in the NFL. I, mm. I know we look like we have. Speak for yourself. I know, I know we look we, like former NFLers <laughs> over here. Gil. By the way, this was my favorite all-time primetime action segment, and I'm so sad because for that in, for the like the first five minutes of this segment, there was someone. Uh, out of the out of the booth here, over Matt's right behind Matt's left shoulder, he wasn't seeking attention. He was he was like a seventy five year old man. Was he doing he, the watch games? Yep, he was just us? yeah, maybe that's what he was doing. He was just literally staring. He was fascinated by whatever was happening in here. Oh, and he wasn't seeking attention. He just stood there and stalked. So sometimes I think it's that, but it's really they, they don't care about us at all. They're just trying to watch the TVs TV? that he are. He was watching me. the Bulls too. Yeah, yeah, probably. Okay. I wanted him to be there the whole time. I was hoping he would still be there. <laughs> <laughs> shot. All right, uh, this is uh, Patriots and Panthers. Also early. Uh, Sam Darnold's questionable for this game. Matt Rule, on the other hand, hopeful about the return of Christian McCaffrey. I, I was I was very interested that he was listed as questionable because that was about as hard as I've seen a quarterback hit in the NFL in 
in a hot minute. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that was going to be – I thought that would be a multi-week thing. But, yes, he's listed as questionable. Offensive guard pack, Pat Elfin is also listed as questionable for them. Here we go again with the Patriots. I mean, what are we even doing here with this stuff if they are able to do these shenanigans? So, 11 guys listed as questionable, all of which were listed as limited participants as well. So, all 11 guys listed as questionable – all 11 listed as limited participants in practice today. <laughs> Bill Belichick so, has cool. no time for yeah, the yeah, so report. Yeah, yeah, so cool. Yeah, I know. He's just like, uh, let's, uh, just, they were just, limited. and Just put a, uh, just put a quarter of the team on there. Among those, if you want to know, safety Cal Duggar, tight end Johnny Smith, offensive guard Shaq Mason, linebacker Dante Hightower, they're all amongst the 11 people that are listed as questionable in this thing. So, again, we were like, this is like the injury week of the war. But it's the truth. Like, give me the Patriots all day if it's Walker, right? I mean, like, I mean, like, give me all day long if it's Walker. And if I knew for sure if there was inside information, which someone probably has out there, whatever, and knew whether Darnold was going to play or not, if it was, if it was Walker, I'm on the, I would be on the Patriots all day long. I would take – it is going to be absolutely atrocious watching this Panthers team play if Walker's a quarter. That being said – I did play the under on this early in the week when I thought for sure Sam Darnold was not going to be able to play. I don't I don't really care like if he plays or not. I still think that the under would be the the way that I look at this game. Ball control offense in the Patriots, no splash plays to speak of whatsoever. They don't have any of those type of playmakers and then you look on the Panther side of things and just with the limited quarterback play that they've had so far here over the last several weeks and certainly if Walker plays, you're not really worried about like quick scores and and fast, you know, fast plays and things like that either. And one thing that has been pretty good as far as an, an, an under goes as well is Mac Jones, even be, for being a rookie, he's he's been pretty good with the ball. Like, he's not been turning the ball over left and right, and so we're not worried about short fields and, and things like that, pick sixes and whatnot. So, again, if Walker – if Darnold doesn't go, this is a Patriots play for me, and I'd play it at four. Like it'd probably move a half, whatever. I'd play it at four, even at that point or something like that. But, you know, another thing that we won't know until – until closer to kickoff. P.J. Walker, two weeks ago, and the uh, Panthers lost to the Giants 25-3. to Three for 14, 33 yards, sacked three times. <laughs> Not good. College football next with Pete Futak coming back. Beeson's primetime action and more NFL. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.